there's a longevity there for your efforts. If you want to talk about bang for your buck, blogging is cool and you just have to do it strategically and you have to do it well and you can't be shallow. It doesn't work if you're shallow and you're just like, oh, let me just spit out some words because someone told me I should blog. That doesn't work. You have to actually be intentional. Welcome to Begin As You Mean To Go On. If you're a woman of color with a mission-driven service-based business and you want to increase your income and your impact without burning out in the process, you are in the right place. I'm your host, Karanda Adair, recovering WordPress developer, content marketing coach, and CEO of Carvel Digital. I've survived being a black woman in the tech industry, getting fired for culture fit, and gone on to build a thriving business. I want to show you how to work hard once to create systems in your business that continue to work for you as you grow so that you can not just survive, but thrive and live your best life. Let's get it going. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Begin As You Mean To Go On. I'm so happy to be back in your ears today, and I'm really excited to chat with you about social media and how to get rid of it, or at least greatly reduce it, because What I'm hearing out on the street is that a lot of us are really tired. We're tired of the hustle and grind of the endless hamster wheel of posting on social media only for that post to disappear so that we have to create another post. And I think there's a better way. And we're going to talk about that today. But first, before we get into it, I want to just say a couple of thank yous because As I check my stats here, we are creeping up on almost 4,000 downloads of the podcast. So for those of you who have subscribed and who listen every week and who share, thank you so much. Like it really means a lot to me that you consume this podcast, that you hopefully are acting on the information, that you share it with your business friends and colleagues. I really appreciate that. So thank you so much. And if you're new here and this happens to be your first time with me, then welcome and tell you what, just hang out before you decide to do anything. Hang out and listen to this whole episode. And when you get to the end, then decide this was valuable for you. Go ahead. And at that point, I will invite you to subscribe, to review, to share, to do all the things. Okay. But hang out, just listen in first. And yeah, so let's get it going. I want to talk about social media because, you know, we've been doing a lot of work trying to get more efficient and try to revamp. And my word for 2021 is focus. And so I'm constantly thinking about what is it that I need to be focused on in order to get the results that I want and get the results that I want in the most efficient and quickest manner possible. And so I've really been rethinking social media. And I've also just been seeing in the places that I hang out on in the internet that people are just really tired. We are now past the year mark of being in a pandemic where we are mostly dependent on the internet for our social interaction. And so even people who probably weren't on social media as much are probably utilizing it more just to stay connected, whether for business or personal or both. And there's lots of studies. This is not a research heavy podcast. So I didn't go seek out studies to quote, but they're out there. The studies that talk about how social media is bad for your mental health, all the ways that it can affect you, all the ways that it decreases your focus. So when thinking about my business and how do we want to go forward marketing my business in particular, 
you know, what is it that we want to focus on? And so we are going to be radically decreasing our reliance on and our participation in social media for business purposes. And I want to talk about why that is, why you might want to think about decreasing your social media use and what can you do instead. So I want to talk about some of the reasons why social media might not be the best thing like long term to hang your hat on when it comes to marketing in your business. So we talked about the fact that it's just tiring, right? It's this hamster wheel. A lot of people are really tired of the energy that it takes to continually maintain these structures. And look, I am speaking from what I would have told you a year and a half ago as the promised land where I don't actually do my own social media, right? I go on Instagram and I see what's there just like everybody else. I've completely outsourced that to my amazing marketing assistant who takes all of my content from the last, you know, seven and a half years in our pot of gold content database. And I just tell her sort of what we're focused on for the week or the month. She goes and makes it happen and does an amazing job. So it's not that I'm out here grinding and I'm like, oh, I just don't want to do this anymore. That's not the case. But still, is it the best, most efficient use of our time and resources, right? That's what I've been thinking about. Another reason is social media is kind of shallow, right? It's, it's this sort of fleeting thing. And it's just this thing that like scrolls by and scrolls by and no, there's no permanence about it. Like if you've ever tried to... <laughs> find a Facebook post, like you see something, you're like, oh yeah, I want to come back to that. And then you try to find it later, like good luck, unless you actually put it in your saved links, right? And that's ridiculous. Like it's the internet. We should be able to find stuff. So it's very fleeting. It's very shallow. You know, the thing that, that really gets me is when people, I had someone do this actually, someone sent me a friend request on Facebook and I was like, okay, cool. You know, I'm open to meeting new people. It's fine. And then I go to their profile and they're bragging about like they do all their their marketing via, you know, organic reach. And then this person creates a post and tags like 60 people. And if you're creating posts on Facebook and you're tagging people, it's because you don't know how to get organic reach without actually tagging the people so they'll see your stuff, right? That's showing me that you don't know how to be relevant enough and you don't know how to work the algorithm so that people actually see your stuff. And by the way, if you do that to me, I will immediately block you. <laughs> so like that's the kind of stuff social media gets people to do, right? The other thing about social media is that you don't get your data, right? It's very, they're very stingy about giving you the data about what is actually going on. And the thing that allows us to do really effective marketing is to have data about how people are consuming our content. And you can get some of that, but Basically, when it comes to social media, like we are the data, right? We're giving up our data to them so they can market. They're not so enthusiastic about giving it back to us when it comes to how people are interacting with our content. So it's really hard to get your data, which makes it harder to then make more relevant content and be really targeted with your stuff. And the last thing is social media just doesn't give you control. When it comes down to it, we are sharecropping on these platforms. And, you know, you've probably all heard of people who've gotten banned by Facebook, who've gotten their ad accounts shut down. At the end of the day, like it's not our house and we don't make the rules and we're there by their grace. And if that is like the sole vehicle and platform that you have for marketing and you get shut out of it, you're going to be in a world of hurt. So those are some things that you really should think about when it comes to thinking about how much of your marketing is dependent on social media. Now, I'm not saying like social media is all bad and you should ditch it and no one should use it, right? It definitely has its place. 
but I see a lot of people where that's like the beginning, the middle and the end of their marketing plan is posting on Instagram or posting on Facebook. And if that's the case for you, I want to invite you to go a little deeper and expand your world into some platforms that might serve you better in the long run. All right, so let's talk about what are the things that you can do instead. And these are many of the things that we're going to be focused on for the rest of 2021 is really growing on these platforms. So the first one I want to talk about is blogging. (laughs) And, you know, you might laugh when I say that, but blogging is going to come back, (laughs) y'all. Like, I don't know if you heard it here first, but I really think blogging is going to come back. I think blogging never left, actually, for the people who are doing it well and utilizing it. And there are some companies out there who are doing it really well. So why is blogging cool? I was looking at my stats today and I have a blog post that I wrote in 2014 that brought over 13,000 visitors to my website in 2020. So let's think about this. How many visitors out of 13,000 would you need to convert to have a very fat and happy profitable business? Just sit with that and like do that math in your head for a second. Or maybe go home and, and actually like write it out. It's, it's probably not that big a percentage of that many people, right? And the thing about those visitors is I don't, I don't promote, this particular post is actually a very old post and I'm not actually super excited about the traffic that it's bringing because it's an old topic and it's not really relevant to what I do now, but traffic is traffic and it's tangential to what I do now. So figuring out how to make the best use of that traffic and capture that traffic and get the percentage of people who might actually be good leads and clients down the road, that's something that I want to focus on. And if you can get that kind of traffic, you know, for what you do now, right? If you can be very strategic and targeted about the kind of content you're creating so that the people who are searching for it and landing on your stuff are like, think about when you're getting ready to buy something and you get into search mode, right? You start doing research, you start comparing prices, you start looking at reviews, you start doing all this stuff because why? Because you're ready to buy, right? So that's why blogging is cool. If you want another example from the personal side, you know, I have a personal blog that I don't really keep up anymore, but it's still up. And I wrote an article in 2013. I was going through a bunch of health challenges and ended up having a hysterectomy and like I do, I was chronicling and blogging about this stuff at the time because for the same reasons, y'all, I just don't want to repeat myself, right? So um, so I wrote these things and still once or twice a month, I get comments from people who are having that same health challenge. They're searching on the internet and they're finding my stuff and they're commenting. So there's a longevity there for your efforts. If you want to talk about bang for your buck, like blogging is cool and you just have to do it strategically and you have to do it well and you can't be shallow, right? It it doesn't work if you're shallow and you're just like, oh, let me just spit out some words because someone told me I should blog. That doesn't work. You have to actually be intentional. I'm working with a client right now who probably has one of the like most prolific websites for his industry of anyone that I've ever met. And in doing a content audit, what we found is that they have a lot of content and sometimes they're like doubling and tripling up on these articles about the same topic. And it's like, okay, let's take these. And if you just make one really amazing post, one really amazing resource about this topic, people who are searching for that are going to find it and they're going to be like, wow, okay, they really know what they're talking about. And they're probably going to be more likely to take the next step. 
The next thing, I've got five topics on things you can do instead of social media. So number one was blogging. Number two is email. And I think every year somebody comes out with an email is dead post somewhere and it, it's not. It never dies. Email is still alive and well. What is dead is the days of being able to just put up an opt-in that says, join my email list and build a huge list and just spray that list with the same messages. I mean, it'll work, right? It'll work to a degree. But really, if you want to get effective with email, you want to start talking about segmenting and really finding out more about your audience so that you can put relevant messages in front of them. And relevance is key. Relevance will make you revenue right? Somebody meme that, okay? Relevance will make you revenue. And how are you, how do you become relevant? You have to know what your people actually care about. You have to start segmenting people into different groups inside of your email list. And how can you segment people with data? And how do you get data? Well, you can get data by asking people, right? By using forms, but you can also get data by watching how people interact with your content. Email allows you to do that because if you have the right tool, you can now connect your subscribers activity to your website. And so you know which blog posts they're going to, you know which pages they're going to, you know when they're going to your book a call page or your sales page, and you can now do targeted relevant follow-up for those people based on their attributes and based on their actions. So email is here to stay, email is awesome. And email is evergreen, like to an extent, if you have messages, maybe you've tested those messages on social media and you know those messages work really well, why would you not put those into an email sequence so that every single person who comes into your world now gets your best messaging first? There's your gold nugget and your pro tip for this episode. Um, hopefully not the last one, but that's something if you have not done this, you can go and look at what are the topics that you talk about that are, people are most engaged with? What are the messages that you put out there that people really, really love? And go build a nurture sequence and use that as your first impression for the new people that come to you. All right, number three, we're going to get meta here. Let's talk about podcasting. I had been wanting to start a podcast for many, many years and was finally able to do so this year. Been loving every minute of it, have had some fantastic guests. And, you know, the reach on podcasts, people can listen to podcasts in places and at times where they would not watch a YouTube video. They certainly wouldn't read your blog posts. Like podcasting is just this really great intimate medium where you can literally get into people's ears while they're driving, while they're doing yard work, you know, whatever the case, it's just a great medium. So I've definitely loved having a podcast. I've definitely seen the impact on the leads that actually come to inquire about working together. The folks who have listened to the podcast, like they know what's up, they know what I'm about. We're really just having a discussion about what is the problem that they have and am I able to help them solve that problem? And I'm not having to sell people on working with me. So if that's something, you know, if you're one of those people that's like, oh, I don't like to sell, consider starting a podcast. It doesn't have to be super fancy. You can just get Anchor. You could fire up Anchor and you could start a podcast that way in your closet. <laughs> I know Erin from Member Vault, the CEO of Member Vault, has definitely done podcasts from her closet using the Anchor app. So, you know, it doesn't have to be fancy. You could just start. 
you could just start getting your thoughts out there and getting your stuff out there in a way that's super evergreen. People can go back and find a podcast. People can go back and find a blog post in a way that they can't find that Facebook post you know, that you did two years ago. Like maybe it surfaces in memories and you repost it, but otherwise it's just kind of lost to the hamster wheel of time of social media. So podcasting is awesome. And we're going to be continuing to bring you amazing content. We're creeping up on the end of season two as I record this. And then we're going to have some bonus episodes just to keep relevant and keep you satisfied while we take a little bit of a break before we come back for season three. So if there are things that you want to hear about on this podcast, go over and get on the VIP crew list and send us your suggestions, right? Come on over to the Service CEOs Facebook group and give us your suggestions. Tell us what you want to hear about. And we'll pop both of those links in the show notes. All right. So next is YouTube. YouTube is the number two search engine in the world. Why? Because Google bought it. And Google is the number one search engine in the, in the world. How many times have you been searching for like how to do something and you want to see exactly how to do it? So you click on the YouTube link. YouTube is another one of those platforms where people who go to YouTube looking for something are looking with intent, right? They have a mission. They're trying to solve a problem and they're trying to solve it right now usually. And so that is a great way to get in front of those people and then invite them onto your email list, invite them to subscribe to your channel, like get them into your world. I don't know, some people might consider YouTube, you know, social media, but it's a lot more sticky. It's a lot more permanent. It's a lot more relevant long term than say trying to find an old Instagram post. So YouTube is definitely one of the platforms that we're going to be focusing on. And, you know, if you've ever tried to find like an old Facebook live video, or something. Or, you know, I don't know when I'm on Facebook Live, I'll be like, hey, if you watch the replay, hashtag reach play, replays to get bumped up in the algorithm. Like <laughs> all of that is just so tiring. In YouTube, it's like if people are subscribing to your stuff, if people are watching your stuff, then YouTube will put it in front of people for you. And they really reward quality over quantity. That's really the direction that I want to go is like doing less but better. I read this book recently called Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less. It's by Greg McCowan. So I read this book recently and it just really got me thinking about what can we get rid of and what can we then focus on so that we're getting the best return on our efforts. All right. And then the last one, and this is something, you know, I'm not really focused on this right now. I had a period where I focused on this, but the last thing I'll talk about is speaking engagements, because this is what many people are doing when they come to me. It's like they've been relying on speaking engagements for most of their marketing because they're really good on stage or they're really good one-on-one -on -one, or they're really good in small groups. And they come to me because they don't know how to replicate that on the internet. Even in the times we're in, I know a lot of people are still getting paid to do speaking engagements virtually. People are still having virtual conferences. So this is still a great way to get in front of people. And the thing about speaking engagements, though, is that how are you going to follow up? What call to action are you going to give the people that you're speaking to so that they can become leads for your business, so that they can come into your world, so that you can start nurturing them to potentially work together in the future? And that's where we go back to your website. That's where we go back to email. That's where we go back to strategy and having a plan to nurture folks. So speaking engagements is great for lead generation. It's great for sales for the folks who happen to be ready like right then when you're speaking. 
but you also want to have a plan for the folks who are intrigued, but not quite there yet and give them a way to get into your world. I did a lot of speaking engagements early on. This was more when I was when I was a developer. I did a lot of speaking engagements at like tech conferences. And honestly, it didn't really do anything to build my business. Like I got to make nerdy friends, you know, at tech events. It didn't really get me a lot of clients because I wasn't strategic about it. And those weren't the people who were going to be my clients, right? I was a developer looking to make websites for people. Those people were not at technical conferences. (laughs) So when you're looking at speaking engagements, keep in mind, like the audience that you need to get in front of that could actually be your potential clients. So those are five things that you can do instead of social media or in addition to social media or focus more on those things instead of social media. And that is definitely what you're going to see in the future from us. We're going to try this and we're going to see how it goes. I want to leave you with a couple of resources. One, I already mentioned the book Essentialism, which was great. Another book, Deep Work by Cal Newport, also talks about this idea of, you know, focusing, of leaving behind sort of the shallow things and focusing on the deep work that takes longer, right? We're not going to get instant results from, but ultimately get better results from. So that's also a great book. And then the last thing I'll leave you with is Alex Franzen, who is a writer, and she has a course called Marketing Without Social Media. She's already launched it this year, but you can go and I'll leave her website in the show notes. You can go and follow her and check out her other courses and get on her newsletter. She has a great newsletter. And I actually signed up for the Marketing Without Social Media course because I want to see what she has to say. She deleted all her social media a few years ago and has been making a very good living without it. So I'm always looking to learn new things. And that's what I'm going to focus on for the rest of 2021. See how it goes. Hopefully you found this useful. And if you did find it valuable, now is the time when I want to invite you to go ahead and subscribe and open up your app. You can do it while I'm still talking and you can leave a five-star rating and review. That just really helps us when folks are looking at this podcast in their app and trying to figure out, is this really worth my time? It just really helps folks to know that, yep, other people have spent time listening to this and it's been useful. And uh, I got one, a really good one from AK Listens. She says, down to earth and real, so much great business advice in these short, easy to consume episodes. I'm so grateful to have found Karanda and her clear, relatable, smart guidance. These episodes are nudging me to dream bigger, get organized and get to work. So thank you so much for that review. And you can leave one just like it. And the last thing is, are you thinking about somebody who has been complaining about social media and they're just they're tired of the hamster wheel? and you know they really need to hear this episode, go ahead and share it with them. Do them a favor. They'll thank you. I'll thank you. And everybody will be happy and more profitable. All right, y'all. That's what I have for you this week. Thank you so much. And until I see you again, don't forget to begin as you mean to go on. Have you been listening to these episodes, having aha moments, but haven't quite gotten around to implementing what you've learned? If that's you, I want to tell you how you can get more support to get you moving and reaching your goals faster. Content Bootcamp is my 12-week business bootcamp where I help you get clarity on the big three pillars of marketing, audience, offer, and messaging. But this is not just another online course. During our time together, we guide you through crafting a strategy that is specific to your business and then taking the actions that are going to bring you the results you want. I asked my clients why they think you should join Content Bootcamp, and here's what they had to say. I think as a solo entrepreneur, 
you need to be in community with other people. It's hard to know where you're supposed to go next in your business if you don't have a trusted guide and mentor. And I think that's what Content Bootcamp has provided for me is not only someone that I can trust to you know, help me build the kind of business I want, but also to be in community with people who are also wanting to you know, grow and evolve in their business as well. And not all communities are great communities to be a part of, but this one is. What I'm getting out of Content Bootcamp and the community is really entrepreneurship and business is not that hard. <laughs> it's actually pretty simple and it's just how can we continue to keep business simple and when we keep business simple money happens to get started go to carveldigital.com slash bootcamp and tell us about your business you'll get an invite to our weekly call where you can talk to me live and in person and get all your questions answered to see if content bootcamp is right for you see you soon